This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento, and each week we share mindset tips and real estate investing strategies to help you take your business and your investment portfolio to the next level. Today, I'm very grateful to have uh, in the studio today, Dr. Don Wood. How are you doing, Dr. Don? I'm doing great, Stephen. How are you? I am doing spectacular. I'm excited to dive in. We got to know each other a little bit on your show where I learned about the strategies that you've been able to use to help people really be able to get out of their own way when it comes to their mind and trauma. And of course, for those of you who aren't familiar with Dr. Don, he has a special system, methodology, if you will, that really can help you understand exactly what's preventing you from reaching top performance and change that and shift that right in the brain. He's the author of two top-selling books, Emotional Concussion, and You Must Be Out of Your Mind. We'll talk about those strategies and exactly what you can do to leverage this, not only in your personal life, not only in your relationships, but also within uh, the investments that you make and your beliefs about money. So with that said, let's. Uh, you ready to get into it, Dr. Don? I am. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So Tell us a little bit about how you came to this realization that the mind has so much control and really prevents us from living our best life. It really came because of my wife and daughter. My wife, when I met her, I knew that she was in a very traumatic household, very angry father. So she was living in fear all the time. And I thought, okay, when we get married, that's going to change because she's going to be living in my world. And I had no trauma. I had very nurturing, loving, calm parents. Mm. So I was always regulated, right? I could get bumped here and there. But as soon as I came home, I felt safe again. And everything mm -hmm. just sort of calmed down. My wife didn't have that. She had mm. no place to land. She was constantly in flight because her mm. home wasn't safe. And if your home's not safe, nowhere else is safe. Mm. So um, and then when my daughter turned 14, she was diagnosed with Crohn's. They told us there's no cure for Crohn's. We don't know what causes Crohn's. And uh, then she developed a second autoimmune called idiopathic pulmonary hemosiderosis, which is basically where the iron in the blood is uh, gets released. The immune system releases it, and it starts to fill up the lungs with blood. Mm. And that could be potentially a, a death sentence. And so what we... My wife said, you need to figure this out. So I started to research it and try to figure out what is causing these things and then figure out a solution to it. And what I discovered is in a lot of cases, a lot of people who have autoimmune issues have had trauma. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know about my daughter's trauma at the time. She didn't disclose it, but it started when she was six years old for about a couple of years. She would had some trauma that we mm -hmm. were totally unaware of. And then it shows up in an illness because when we have trauma, trauma creates inflammation. Inflammation compromises the immune system and the neurotransmitters. So if your immune system's compromised, you're going to get sicker. And if your neurotransmitters are compromised, you're going to start feeling bad because the brain doesn't communicate properly. And so 
For her, the Crohn's about 60% of your neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. And so if the gut's out of balance because of the inflammation, it's not producing mm. the neurotransmitters. And that's the communication system. So you can see how people would feel bad and get sick because of this temporary, what is supposed to be a temporary pause because of the uh, danger, but trauma mm. keeps looping. It doesn't stop until you do what we do, which is we reset it. So our life is full of these traumas. Some are many, they're little things that happen in our life. And some of them are big things that happen. And yep. they end up putting us in this place, in this position where, you know, we have this experience. And so tell me a little bit about how do we go about recognizing if there's the possibility that we have something that might be holding us back? It is a really simple test. This is really an easy way to figure it out. If you think about an event when you were a child, so think about a particular time that was maybe either a disturbing event, which I call an emotional concussion. Maybe it wasn't hmm. a big t trauma. Maybe it was the coach that told you, you you're not good enough. You're never going to make it or you know, a teacher mm -hmm. that told you that you're stupid, anything like that, even a parent. If mm. you have an emotion, when you think about that, that means it's still active. Your mind still is seeing it in real time and it's not okay with it. So an emotion is a call for an action. Mm. So if you think about something and you feel fear from something that happened 10 years ago, your mind is trying to get you to do something about it because your subconscious mind operates in the present. So it sees that event in real time. So let's just say somebody got bullied as a kid, right? And every time they think about it, they have this fear, right? And their heart's pounding and they start to try to talk about it. What their mind is seeing is they're being bullied now. And it's saying, run away. Don't let them hurt you. Or if they get angry when they think about it, their mind is saying, all right, time to fight back. Let's take these bullies on. Right? But they can't do that because it's not happening. It's a glitch. It's an error mm. message. That's going to affect the way you do things in life because your mind will always try to protect you from that kind of pain. Mm. So when you look at it from the investing world, right? let's just say, so I'll give you a great example. I had a guy, very successful business guy, making about $2 million a year trading stocks, derivatives, options. And what he came to see me because he said, I don't know why, but every time I get to the fourth quarter, I just shut down. I don't want to work. I make excuses. I tell my partners that I'm burnt out. I just need to take a vacation. And he goes, I don't really feel burnt out. I just don't get, I lost all my motivation to go work. So he wanted to sort of figure out how he could improve. Now he's making two million, so we're not holding a tag day for him, right? He's doing pretty good in his life. Yeah. Here's an example of a very high-performing executive struggling with something and no idea why. Mm -hmm. What we discovered is that when he was a child, his father was his mentor. He had a very good relationship with his dad. He was his hero. His dad was a very successful businessman but went bankrupt four times. So he says, I remember flying in private jets and then leaving home, my house in the middle of the night being chased by creditors. 
So we had that shocking experience that happened when he was young, where he felt like everything was safe and secure. Life is going well. Everything is happening the way that I'm expecting it to. And then all of a sudden there's this shocking event and it kept happening over and over again. And so there's this fear, there's this experience that he's connected to from way back then. And he's not even realizing it now. I had no idea. So he got to 2 million and the fourth quarter is generally the riskiest in the investment world. There's a lot of I forget who it was. Somebody said October is the worst month to invest and it's only uh, worse than the other 11, right? So so basically in his mind, when he got to 2 million, he didn't want to risk anymore. Mm -hmm. So his mind was basically trying to protect him, saying, let's go golfing. Let's go on Mm -hmm. a vacation. Let's do something Mm -hmm. else, but let's not risk that money anymore. We got the 2 million. Let's go back and, and, and protect it. He didn't realize that's what it was. But after he came, he he drove in because he was close enough. He drove in, went through the program. He said on the way home, he had this amazing sense of peace. Mm. And then he called, this was last year. He called me on December 15th to say, today's my last day. I'm taking the rest of the year off. (laughs) But he got all the way through to December without that fear. So it's incredible because so many people are unaware that, you know, our life experience is really affecting us today. And even those people that do, you know, maybe went through big T trauma, some big uh, nasty experience growing up or many of them, you know, a lot of people can recognize and appreciate that type of experience, but things can be even smaller. They don't even have to be that big that you think back, oh, well, I had some terrible life or I had some terrible experience, but we end up associating different beliefs when it comes to money, when it comes to investing, when it comes to taking risk, when it comes to being able to provide for our family, and we end up creating these associations. And so what I've found is that so many people are so focused on certainty and security, and they're wanting to create that for their family. They're wanting to create that for themselves. And so people oftentimes will stay in the exact same place that they're in, even if it's a place they don't like because they're unsure about what might be around the corner. They're unsure that that better vision of a life that they want to live, they're unsure that they can get there and they're unsure if they might experience some pain along the way. So Dr. Don, if somebody is in that place and they know right now they're living a pretty good life, but they know it can be better, They know that if they started investing, if they started changing their relationship to money, if they started changing the way that they look at going out and learning new things, that they could experience what they really hope for, but actually hold themselves back from. If they're in that place, what are some things that they could do to start identifying and start building that belief pathway to start getting closer to that place where they want to be? That, that's a great question. So a, a lot of the times, the number one fear that people don't understand for the human mind is uncertainty. It does not like uncertainty. And that's why you get into habits, behaviors, and beliefs, because the beliefs and habits and behaviors create certainty. If I keep doing the same thing over and over, I know I can do that, right? So yeah. I always say, if somebody walks two miles every day to get food, but every day on that trip, they have to navigate snipers and landmines. But every day they get there and back. And then somebody goes, why are you doing that? There's like a safe way down the road that way, about 100 yards. It's really safe. There's police everywhere, lights. They don't know that to be true. 
And so they're not going to want to make that change because they know they can do the other one. So they'll stay on that pattern. And people will say, well, they're sabotaging themselves. And I say, it's impossible. The mind can't sabotage itself. It's survival based. It believes that we can do this and keep us safe. It doesn't know it can go that hundred yards down that road. So the way you have to do it is you have to allow small changes and allow. So think of repetition as research. So I'm going to walk five yards down that road today and come home. And then I'm going to go down 10 yards and I'm going to come home. And I'm going to go 20 yards. I'm going to come home. I'm not going to try to hit my goal instantly because the mind won't go there it'll try to get you to go in another direction not because it's trying to hurt you because it's trying to protect you Mm -hmm. so what i say is the best way to start to learn how to overcome those things is to make small changes inconsequential changes so that your mind starts getting used to change so here's a simple way you drive to work the same way every day find three different ways to drive to work Mm. No real big threat, but it makes your mind have to now think about another change. But the change isn't really dire or stressful. It's pretty easy. Brush your teeth with your left hand, right? Open doors with the opposite hand. Start making small changes that your mind then starts to adjust to change. And then when you start making some more changes in your financial decisions and things like that, the mind's gotten used to change. And it's a very simple and effective way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You're essentially giving your your mind an opportunity to change in an environment that's not life or death. That isn't challenging your biggest, scariest beliefs, but you're creating that habit, that ability for you to feel a little bit more comfortable doing something different. When we get stuck in this place of needing 100% certainty, that's typically we're living in a place of fear. And it's very common right now. And it's been very common for the last two or three years. This is why we're dealing with the highest rate of suicide and and drug overdose that we've ever seen in history is because people are living in so much fear. So it's absolutely critical, not only for our ability to invest, not only for our ability to head into whatever kind of economic winter we're in or heading into, but also for our ability to live and enjoy our lives. And so when we can start to build that habit of being more comfortable with change, being more comfortable having a little bit of uncertainty in our environment and creating that so that it's it's from a place where we're comfortable, we're creating that, we're doing that in small ways, then we can actually start layering on and doing bigger things. We can start to get educated on investing. We can start getting educated on making money. And then we can start to get in community whether that's a digital community, like listening to you know an episode like you're listening to now, or whether that is getting into a physical community of other people who are on this same path towards financial independence, who are looking to change the way that they think about money, who are looking to change the relationship to the life that they're living so that they can actually start taking advantage of the opportunities that are there. And it's once you're surrounded by people and you start seeing that it's possible, it starts getting a little bit less scary. And then when you follow what Dr. Don is talking about, about creating those small micro experiences and layering it in, then you you gain that strength and you can take on bigger of those challenges or fears that you have. Exactly. So 
one of the things I did, so I'll give you an example in terms of relationships. I worked with a guy who was a veteran and he said, he's just petrified to talk to women. He said, I just can't talk to women. I don't know what it is. He says, I just, my heart will be pounding in my chest. I sound so nervous. I just scare everybody. And so I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, I want you to develop a series of inconsequential conversations. And here's what I mean by that. If you go to the supermarket, right, I want you to be able to have the ability. And I says, this is not for an intent to try to date somebody. This is just to start talking. I said, go up to maybe even the store clerk and say, what aisle is the orange juice in? I can't find the orange juice. You start having these conversations that are inconsequential. They're not going to feel afraid. They're going to probably engage with you, even if it's a you know, a lady who's an older lady, right? And you ask her for some directions in the store about something. You're starting to get your mind saying, well, these aren't lions that we're walking up to, right? These are, mm -hmm. And they turned out to be pretty nice. They engaged with me and helped me, right? They're building up that that mindset that it's safe to talk to women. And they so, but if they start to try to go too quick and go say, well, I see a really attractive woman, I'm going to try to go up and start a conversation with her because I think I'd like to see who she is, that would make that fear too much. So you've got to do it in a way that doesn't threaten. And then eventually, so I talked to him about two months later, and he said, I've had a whole series of inconsequential <laughs> conversations. And he says, and I'm dating a new girl now. And But it allowed him to develop that strength that he needed. He just couldn't get there on his own. He had to develop it. It's so critical, too, because I want to underline a lot of the things that I, I often talk about when it comes to becoming an investor and thinking like an investor and taking on these things, even things that are as simple as naming your number and setting that target passive income that you're going to work from. And some of these processes that we work through, people think to themselves, hey, Stephen, this is basic. I understand this. I've heard of this before. I'm looking for something that's big. I'm looking for some big change. The truth is, even what you're underlining here, Dr. Don, is that the small things are what lead to the big changes. It's the little simple things that we need to do. We need to go out there and we need to read an investment summary. We need to go read 10 more of them. We need to not invest in that deal until we've read through a couple of them and we ask some questions. We need to talk to somebody who's invested. We need to start building that experience so that we're a little bit more comfortable. So when we make that first investment, we're not investing our whole multi-million dollar retirement. We're making one fifty thousand or $100,000 investment and we're experiencing that. And we're knowing that uh, it's not life or death. I, I have an opportunity to grow here. I have an opportunity to experience something different. And I start looking around and gaining all of these new experiences, both my own, but also other people's. And I recognize that when somebody had a bad experience, well, what happened to them? Why did that happen? Uh, how could I avoid that with while still taking advantage of things? And we can start building that experience because a lot of people are stuck believing the only way to retire is to get a gold watch or to invest in the stock market. And the truth is that's the slowest path and probably the most uncertain path. And when you start following some of the strategies that we talk about, uh, you can get there a lot, a lot faster. So let's, Dr. Don, let's say somebody is really, they're stuck they're stuck in this place. They know they want to get started investing. They know they want to start taking and becoming their own financial advisor. 
picking some of these investments, creating cash flow, creating growth in their portfolio. They like the idea and they've listened, they continue to educate themselves, but they still just aren't taking the leap and it's, and it's hurting them. So they're almost wanting to give up on it. They're almost not wanting to even consider it and start telling some stories to start maybe just turning away. What would you say to them about how they can actually shift that so they can step into what they truly believe inside? I think the key is to get to the root cause. If they're finding that there's some sort of a block that they're dealing with, that's probably coming from some experience earlier in their life. So this may sound sort of silly. You'll get this, but some people will go, how is that connected? Let's just say they, they're afraid to make an offer, right? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. And then they're, they don't want to make the offer. They're sitting there trying to figure it out. That may not be a fear of losing the deal. It may be a fear of rejection. Mm. I, I don't want to look like I'm a con artist. And I'm trying to scam this guy and I, I want to be liked, right? And so I mm -hmm. fear that that person is going to get mad at me Right. I had a guy who was in real estate. He was a real estate agent with a very successful company. But early in his career, he had um, one of his investors, an older gentleman, just rip him apart on the phone for something he did. He said, so now he never makes phone calls. He wants to go one on one and meet people face to face because mm. that fear of picking up the telephone was so powerful right? Because he was reliving that event in his mind. Yeah. And so that's, so it was like, well, no, I'm better face to face. And he was mm -hmm. making all the excuses as to why he would be better. Right. But sometimes you have to face those and understand where it was coming from. Once we identified it, it was easy to get that cleared for him. And that made a huge change. So identify the root cause of what this belief is, because if you don't get to the root cause, you're going to be painting over rust. What are some of those questions that somebody can ask themselves to start kind of pulling back the layers to dig to that root cause? Just think about events. And that's why I used the word emotional concussions, because probably most of the things that they're going to be dealing with are going to be coming from those fears of the teacher, the coach, the parent, right? Maybe another investor, another real estate agent, somebody like that, that sort of bruised them, bumped them along the way. And now they have this fear that they're going to get rejected, right? And rejected or hurt. So the mind will try to protect them from it. So go throughout your life and look for those emotional concussions, because those are simpler to find. Because not everybody's had the big T trauma. Mm -hmm. If it's a big T trauma, maybe that's a pretty obvious thing that you can find. But what about the parent? Like, here's a great example. One lady was a big procrastinator, had no idea why. She goes, I just work better under pressure. She goes, I'm really good when I get a deadline and I have to cram towards a deadline. And I said, no, you're not. Nobody works better under pressure. I don't care who you are, right? You work better when you can have all your faculties and you're calm. When you perform in that state, you're a better performer, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, but where did it come from? Well, the procrastination came from when she was growing up and in school, her mother was a principal at a school, not at her school, but at another school. So every time she would do her homework, her mother would make her bring her the homework. And she says, I remember the red pen, all the underlining red pen, my mistakes. So now who wants to go through that? 
right? So yeah. every time she'd come up to a job that she had to get done, she would avoid it because in her mind, she wasn't going to get criticized if she could delay it all the way to the last minute. Then it's too late to make changes. She would just do what she had to do. So she was avoiding pain. And so it's like when you're thinking, you're sitting down and you're hearing about this idea and you're thinking to yourself, I know that there's things that are holding me back. There's, I know that there's things that are preventing me from moving forward. We can ask ourselves and start to search for these answers, start to search for these experiences that we had, even if they're things that we've minimized over the, the years. And we find that we have some meaning that's attached to it. When it comes to money, some of these stories that I've heard is, you know, we don't have enough money, don't ask for it. Uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Maybe it was an experience where you saw your parents fighting over money, or maybe you saw a disagreement over decisions that were made about money. Uh, maybe it was an experience that you had with your wife or your spouse where they have a different viewpoint on investing and they that pushback. And so you had this feeling that you don't want to be rejected, that you don't want to let somebody down. It's starting to search for these types of answers of these experiences you had. And then once you find them, Dr. Don, what can you do to start reprogramming, to start telling a new story and to start creating a new meaning for what that actually means? Well, that's one of the things we definitely do in our program is we can reset that memory because what happens is it becomes an error message. So your mind is basically doing Google searches all the time. What does it know about this new information coming in? Have we seen it, heard it, experienced it before? So if it pulls up an old memory from something from 10 years ago, and it starts to review it to compare it to this new situation, when it sees that memory, because it's operating in the present, when does it think the memory's happening? Now. So yeah. then you're going to feel a physical response because your mind is now going to go into an activation to try to protect you, but there's nothing happening. Now it's comparing that experience with this new experience, but the difference is you're not the same person, right? You've got a lot more experience 10 years later. You're probably not gonna make the same mistake that you did 10 years ago, but your mind doesn't forget that until you can reset it. So that's mm -hmm. what we do in our program is we get a reset done so that old memory is not being seen in real time and it allows you to stay present and make the best decision. So you can use athletics as a, as a great example. If somebody, say in football, right, got really injured in a particular sport and then or a particular play, and then another play forms that looks almost like that play, right? Now, are they going to perform at their best? Not a chance. No. Right? Because their mind is then going to be looking for the danger that may not even present itself. So now they're not fully present. They're looping through the trauma. You can relate that to investments as well. What if you had a deal that went bad and now this deal looks like that deal? And so now your mind is going to say, well, hold off. We don't want to lose again, right? Maybe we don't make that deal, but it's not the same thing. So mm -hmm. until you reset that old data, we want to use it as a resource because it's good information to have but we don't want it to activate our nervous system because mm -hmm. fear inhibits inhibits action. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the big, big problems is that, you know, oftentimes as an investor, 
you know, your experience is limited. There's only so many of these transactions that you're getting involved with. So maybe you see somebody else growing up, have a negative experience. And so you've associated some deep pain connected to that, or you heard a story back in a previous recession or somebody making a, a decision that ended up not paying off for them in the end. And we focus mostly on those painful experiences. We, we focus more on the pain than we do on what was great. We remember that pain deeper because as you were saying, our mind is doing this to protect us. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do in order to protect us and keep us safe and keep us alive. And so in a modern world where we're living and we're looking for happiness and we're looking for fulfillment and we're looking to create really a better life for ourselves and our families, we have to be conscious and cognizant that we actually have to work against our mind. We actually have to shift it so that we can get our mind starting to look for uh, better ways to move forward versus how can we stay safe in this exact same spot. And we can create certainty through education. We can create certainty by building trust and relationship. And we can create certainty by having many of these experiences, by investing in many different types of strategies and seeing those results and being surrounded by others that can help us reinforce these new ways of thinking and these new beliefs. And so, Dr. Don, as we're heading into a time in the market where the job of media is to put out more fear and to put out uh, all these headlines that are meant to get us to click in, to, to have that feeling of fear, to really pull on those traumas, because one of the best ways to control people is through fear. Knowing this, how can people put up a block? How can people prevent themselves from, from getting triggered based on past traumas and experiences when they're looking forward, when they're looking at what's happening in the world and how can they really stay in a great state moving forward? Well, there's two really good ways. One of them you just touched on, which is really good is education, right? So one, educate yourself to find somebody who has more education than you, someone like you that they can come to and say, can you look at this with me? Right. Can you tell me what, because now you have, 10 times their experience so you can see it differently so that alleviates some of their fear that they've got somebody with some more expertise right but also the education and and re i mean real estate is the perfect um model in terms of investment because here's all you have to do if you're looking at buying this house and say this house is five hundred thousand dollars and you're thinking should i invest in this house What's the best way to find out whether it's a good investment? Go back 20 years in the records and find out what that house sold for 20 years ago and say, would you mm. have bought it 20 years ago at that price? Mm. And if you would have said, whoa, yeah, because I, I could have bought it for 175000 20 years ago. So what do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years? Yeah. Right? It's going to go. That's the best research you can have. Now, if that house is $500,000 now and was $750,000 20 years ago, you'd say, this is not the right market. Yeah, This is not maybe the best place. It's not the best time or it's not the best location. Something went wrong. There's all kinds of ways that you can. And what that does is takes away some of the uncertainty. Is this a good market? So if you pick the right market, right, you know, regardless of where you are, right? Is it a good market for real estate? 
And if it's traditionally shown it's a good market, it may go through its ebbs and flows. But if you want to try to make money next week in real estate, don't do it. Right? You have, I mean, yeah. you get fluky times like that where then it's when your mailman's telling you about the four houses that he's bought and he's making so much money on them that you know you're in get out of that market because it's not yeah. going to last. You know, that's what I saw in 2006. Everybody yeah. told me I was nuts. I sold my house. Yeah. And they were saying, you're going to lose 20% this year. It's I said, this can't continue. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. I said, I told my wife, I said, let's sell the house. We'll rent something. The market will come back. Right. I says, then we'll go back in and buy. And so there was a person I was playing golf with who had come from California. I'm in Orlando. And they said, we can't find anything. Everything snapped up as fast as you can see it. And I said, you want to buy my house? Yeah. And they said, where do you live? I said, on the golf course over here. You want to come and look at it? They bought it on the spot for exactly what we asked for it. Yeah. Everybody told me I was nuts. That was in June of 2006. Yeah. The tip was July, right? Yeah. And it wasn't that I was smarter than everybody. It just didn't make sense yeah. that I'm going out to look at houses, to rent houses, and guys who are making $40,000 a year are telling me, I've got five houses for you to look at. Yeah, I'm like, this can't last. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, And so sure enough, it did. It, it came back. Then where most of the money's made, as you know, is in the the time that's coming up now, maybe the best time ever to buy. It's the best time. Yeah, and a lot of people, hot, everybody's and, making money. And a lot of people are unsure because they saw how hot it was and they think, well, maybe it's going to get, maybe the deals are going to get better. And so I should wait. And those same people waited from 2009 all the way until 2018 or 2019. And they missed the biggest come up. Yep. So there's going to be, there's great opportunities now, and there may be great opportunities in the future. So this has been phenomenal. I love diving into this topic. Uh, Don, because I really believe that when we change the way that we think, when we change our mindset, our thoughts and beliefs, we actually change the actions we take. We change the quality of our life. We change who we are and how we show up. So not only when it comes to investing, not only when it comes to money, but really when it comes to how we interact with the world, our loved ones, the people around us, the people we care about. And so I appreciate you sharing some of these strategies. I would love for people to be able to dive into some more resources so they can be resourceful about solving some of these problems of their own or working with you to be able to be able to pull out and address some of these issues that they know might be holding them back in their life. Where would be some of the best places to go find some of those resources for folks who are interested in, in diving in deeper? Well, our website, if you go to our website, it's inspiredperformanceinstitute.com. Um, we talk about, we have a, a number of different ways. If you can get to the root of the cause of the, whatever you're dealing with, whoever that's a fear or whatever it is, you get to the root, that will change the way you'll operate from there on in. And so our program does that. We have a program called TIP. We get to the root of the trauma or emotional concussion that created the belief or behavior or habit. We reset it. And I work with executives, CEOs, athletes. I, I work with athletes. We can reset an athlete and get that extra gear for them. And we got all kinds of examples of people who have won world championships and all kinds of things after going through the program. So I, I appreciate the time, Stephen, and the opportunity to talk. I, I love this kind of talk as well, because especially doing what you're doing, you get the right mindset 
and thinking the way you think, right? Now, people will say, do what Stephen does. And then they go, I can't because yeah. they're stuck. So yeah. not everybody can do what you can do until they get the help they need to get that. But then everybody can do it. Absolutely. Right? Well, that's that's the advice that I have for the listeners uh, right now. If you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself back on what I said earlier, this is simple. I'm in a good spot. I don't have any of these problems. Everyone's got some problems. Everyone's got some things that might be holding them back. Um, but I encourage you to do the simple things, sit down and do the work, start thinking to yourself, where could there be some weeds that I might need to pull that are holding me back from really being able to live the life or make the investments or do the things that I want to do. Because the truth is doing this for your life is a must so you can live happy and fulfilled. But what's so beautiful about when you do this, when it's related to money is that it opens up so much possibilities when you can change the, your relationship to money. And when you can change the relationship to the investments that you make and how you feel about those things, and you can do that from a much certain place, you're going to be able to create all of the wealth and income and legacy that your family could ever desire and dream of. And I know it's possible for you because I know that I've seen it in my own life. So I appreciate you joining us, Dr. Don. Uh, please do head over to Dr. Don's website and gather some more resources and dive in. Highly encourage it. I look forward to working with you in the future. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.